You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. You got real faith. So if there's real faith, remember there's unfeigned faith, and there's feigned faith, and we don't use that word, but unfaith means uh, not fake. And so since there's not fake, it's just like remember when the Lord said, uh, you know, to the woman at the well, the hour is coming, and now is when true worshipers true worshipers. So if there's true worshipers, there's false worshipers, then there's everything in the middle. And so a true worshiper is someone who worships him in spirit and in truth. Remember Jesus said, uh, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And so uh, when it comes to faith, um, you know, you can have uh, an imitation where you hit buttons and pull levers, uh, where you have a knowledge of faith, but you're really not walking in real faith. Real faith gets real results. I said real faith gets real results. I said real faith gets real results. In the hour that you and I live in, we need real faith. It's, um, it's uh, hard to watch some people who have a knowledge of faith, and you can tell when they have a knowledge of faith by when there's a new thing going on in the world, it, 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 it causes them to uh, freeze in their steps. And it's happening again, but it will happen until the return of the Lord. You have to get used to right now that you have arrived in the last days. And you have to adjust. You have to adjust or it will adjust you. You have to adjust to the time you live in. It's for the church that's supposed to be a glorious time. It's supposed to be a season of the glory. It's supposed to be a season of the power. Yet if you're drawn off by the wind, if you're drawn off by what you see, then you're going to be on the outside looking in. Amen. You and I have got to make up our minds that we're going to do things God's way. And one of the ways, you know, faith, you know, um, because of where I went to school and, uh, and, and I know some things about what people think uh, about it. And, you know, um, you know I, I mostly ignore criticism, but there's nothing wrong with understanding when someone critiques something. If there's some truth in it, you can make an adjustment. Um, but, you know, let me just tell you this. Faith is not a movement. It's a foundational doctrine. And without it, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, you can't receive from God. You didn't get born again except for by faith, right? And so we've been looking at that, and we're looking at ways to receive from God. I just want to encourage you tonight. Um, You know, as we go into this next year, uh, as you go into this season of life, you have an advantage. You have, you know, insider trading is illegal, but you have insider trading on the inside of you. You, John 16, 13 said he'd show you the future. You can know where to be, where not to be. You can know who to be around, who not to be around. You can know all those things, amen? And you're meant, you're, you're a son and a daughter of the most high. You can be at the right place at the right time. You can be elevated. The favor of God surrounds you like a shield. There, there's no reason for you and I to be afraid. 
There's no reason. But I, but I want to show you some things. Remember what we're talking about. So we just talked about so many different things. And I enjoy teaching on this. And I've really tried to slow down. So much so that the sermon that I'm, I'm the message I'm going to give you, uh, I, I had it all written down for one night. I'm in part three of one sermon. And, it, you know, it may go on and on and on and on and on because it's a big one. And so we're talking about the words of your mouth. Now, a lot of times, and I've heard people say, and if you've been one of them, I've kind of thought this too sometimes. You know, you have to watch, um, um, you know, sometimes uh, where I kind of grew up is uh, people around you become mouth monitors and they want to watch what you say, but they don't care nothing about what they say. And they'll say things like, don't say that. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is um, words are very important, but you monitoring somebody else's mouth is not going to help them. Well, that was weak. Because, see, I don't care what you say about me. It's what I say about me. You can say whatever you want about me. What's your words? They don't affect me unless I believe your words. And if it's not the word, I don't believe your words. And, and, and you have to understand. And so people take this stream. You know, they go to a doctor and they ask a doctor for help. And the doctor gives them something. They'll say, well, I don't believe that in Jesus' name. And then why did you go to the doctor? Don't be silly. I said, don't be silly. Don't be foolish. Well, I just don't receive that. He, he or she is just giving you what the facts say. You can take that. And then as you walk out of the room, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. You don't have to tell it. They don't understand. That is really almost throwing your pearls before the swine. You got to be really careful about something. And so have people gotten squirrely with some stuff? Well, sure. But just like I say this, because somebody has killed somebody with a car, doesn't mean I'm going to quit driving mine. Just because some people don't know how to use cologne, I, w- I want you to use yours judiciously and get the best one for you. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? But don't throw this away. I'm talking to some people. Don't throw, don't throw confession away. Because it's important. It is so highly important. It is extremely important. So we've been slowing down and taking our time with it. Because someone's like, well, you know, you, you know it puts me in bondage. The truth of the word of God will never put you in bondage. The truth of the word of God will never put you in bondage. Now, sometimes you have to admit and just say, well, I I don't feel like watching my words. Okay, that's fine. Say that. Not it puts you in bondage. Because the word of God will never put you in bondage. The truth will only set you free. Amen. Are you with me? And so number one, we talked about uh, speaking the word of God to the speaking, meditating on the word of God, speaking the word of God uh, brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema Christos. And so one of the ways confession is good for you is taking a scripture before you really believe it and meditating on it. And when you meditate, you mutter. And so you'll say it to yourself. And what you're doing is you're meditating. And maybe at first, you know, um, You didn't believe. I I mean, when I first came to this, I was an accountant. I didn't really see how God would provide all my needs. That was my job. That was my job. You work hard. I've worked hard since I was 16 years old. You work hard. You make money. You do it right. And you can have things. Well, then when God started asking me for 10% and more, how's this going to work? How did I change that attitude? Because I had one. How did I change that? I began to meditate. I began to believe. 
I, I, as I meditated, as I spoke, I began to see that my God really will and does supply all my needs. And I had to get there. Because if I didn't get there, we all wouldn't be sitting in here. Seriously. And you, can only, you, can, you can't go, even as a group, as a people, you cannot go above the one. You're just not going to get there unless you're hanging out with the people who, who they've already been where you want to go. And, and I'm telling you, the words of your mouth are very important. And so the first place you got to start is by meditating the word of God, by speaking the word of God. Are you trying to convince yourself? Yes, but no, because it's not a mental convincing. It's a spiritual getting it. And then once you get it, then you will have a, a declaration of faith or you will have what Romans 9, 10, and, uh, 10, 9 and 10 talks about, that you'll have a confession of faith. Yeah. You, you confession unto faith, that's meditating. And then you've, in order to receive, you'll have a confession of faith. And what are you doing? You believe something. You say something. Nobody can talk you out of it. No circumstances can talk you out of it. No devil can talk you out of it. No preacher can talk you out of it. No podcast can talk you out of it. Nobody can, no government can, nobody can talk you out of it. You got it. It's yours. How do I know? Because I know so. You, I don't, I don't, if someone asks me, should you, you think, okay, now, if you ever have asked me this, you know, I'm not thinking about you right now, but if someone comes up to me, Pastor Mark, do you think I'm in faith? I need to get bolder with people because if you have to ask somebody, if you're in faith, you are not in faith. If you have to ask someone, should I do this? Should I not do this? Then you're not in faith, but you can get there. You can have a no. So come on. Do you know you're saved? Do you know? Can anybody talk you out of it? How do you know? Well, I just know. It's the same with healing. It's the same with provision. It's the same with peace. It's an inside knowing. And guess what? You shouldn't and shouldn't try to fake that. Don't, don't try to impress us. I'm not talking about me and Rhonda. I'm talking about us. Quit it. Quit. We're for you. The worst thing you can do is fake it. I know people love this. And I used to have a person say it all the time around here, fake it till you make it. I understand what they're trying to say, but you cannot fake faith. If you fake faith, you will fall flat on your face. Could die prematurely. Well, we're here and we're meddling and it's just, it's just a few of us and we're just home folk, right? And nobody out there, I don't know if anybody's paying attention anyway. So I'll just talk to y'all. I'll just talk to y'all. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, like we're in my living room. I'm just going to talk to you. I feel like I'm in my living room down here. So I'm just going to talk to you like I would talk to someone one-on-one. L- listen to me. You not taking medicine does not mean you're in faith. It could mean you're dead. You not going to a doctor does not mean you're in faith. You refusing to ever, uh, you know, uh, get help from someone. You know, come on, you all remember this old, that old, that old story? You know, a flood came and a guy was on top of his house. You remember that story? A boat came by and he said, no, I'm waiting on God to deliver me. And a helicopter came by, lowered down, a, a, you know, a ladder. And what did he say? No, I'm waiting on God to deliver me. And then he drowned and went to heaven. And he's like, why didn't you deliver me? I sent you a boat and I sent you a, a helicopter. 
What else do, would you like? That's my version. But see, faith, faith is not, listen, even in your saying, I'm not sick in Jesus' name. That is not faith. I'm not sick in Jesus' name. Just because you had the name of Jesus on it, we're in my living room right now, y'all. I'm trying to help you. I'm not broke in Jesus' name. I'm not mad in Jesus' name. Oh, that's a good one. I'm not mad. And just because you tack the name of Jesus on it doesn't make you in faith. That's not evidence. That's not evidence. Well, I, I just believe this. Why do you believe it? Prove it. Come on. Dr. Frederick Casey Price. Some of you old folks, some like older like me, mature folks will remember Dr. Price. I remember watching his show. It would come on and it would go, evidence. Y'all remember that? Evidence. What is the evidence? It's the word of God. I believe this. Why do you believe it? Prove you believe it. Well, how do you want me to prove it? Say what you believe. That is your proof. Now, faith. What is it? Substance of things I joyfully, confidently expect. Now, faith is the substance of things I hope for. It is what? The evidence of things not yet seen. Come on, y'all. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean you don't have it. But you got to you got you you're in court. <laughs> you're in the courtroom of the world. You got to have evidence. Now if you get your evidence, you, you know, come on, the, it's rigged in your favor. The Holy Ghost is going to help you with the evidence. Jesus is your advocate. The Father God is, come on, it doesn't matter who the opposing attorney is. He's the devil and he's the accuser of the brethren. But I'm telling you, if you'll get your evidence right, what is your evidence? It's the word of God that comes out of your mouth. Amen. Changes everything. So, so confession, I got to hurry up. I, I'm, already, I'm already way too slow because when I go back and review, because I need you to get this. Come on, we're in my living room right now. I want you to do this. I want you to have this. I don't want you to go through the motions. I don't want you to do without. More than that, the Holy Ghost doesn't want you to do without. You are living in a time when your faith must work. Well, but, but we need to control this and we need to control that. You may not be able to control everything that comes at you. You may not be able to control everything. And this ought to be this way and that ought to be that way. You may not have that option. But what you do have the option to do is believe God. And if he doesn't do it for anybody else, he can do it for you. Because you believe him. Because you know how to walk by faith and not by sight. Because you're living by faith. He'll do it for you. So what do you got to do? You and I got to meditate. What else we got to do? We got to come to the place of confession of faith. And then, uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we'll just go here. Let, so the other kind of, of speaking the word of God has to do with using your authority in faith. And so in using your authority, you use your authority against someone. And so we looked at this, we began to look at this last time, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. It talks about moving mountains. What is a mountain? A mountain is an obstacle the devil has put in the way. So Mark eleven twenty three 23 uh, says, whosoever shall say, 
unto this mountain, be thou removed and, and, and do what? Uh, and not and cast in the sea and shall not doubt where in his heart. So that's part of it. But you shall believe those things which you say, they shall come to pass and you'll have whatever you say. So it's not what I say about you. It's not what somebody else says. What do you say? What are you saying about the obstacle that is in your way? I believe in, you know, thank God for 1-800-CALL-PRAYER-TOWER. But when it comes right down to it, you have authority in your life. You have authority in your home. You have authority uh, uh, to, over your children. As long as they live under your roof, come on, you've got some authority over them because they're there and they're your children. Now, you'll, you'll always have that authority even as they get older, but it's somewhat diminished because they've got to make their own decisions, and it's best for you to teach them how to walk in their authority. But I'm telling you, when mountains come up, what do you got to do? You got to have that understanding that you have authority and you got to speak to those mountains. And, and then when you speak to them, they'll move. Uh, Re Revelation 12, 11, we all love this, this one. We overcome, how, we overcome how? By the blood of the lamb. Aren't you glad for the blood? Aren't you glad for the blood? Is there still power in the blood? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. I know people in our circles don't like this, but I still plead the blood. What am I doing? I am, inv I am invoking the power of the blood of Jesus on that right. I I amen. I know that the mercy blood is full. The mercy seat, he put the blood on there. He's not shedding his blood anymore. And when I'm not pleading or begging, I am enforcing my rights and privileges of what the blood of Jesus has already done. And I overcome by that blood and what that blood did and by the word of my testimony. How much word is in your testimony? This is not talking about getting up and testifying about what God has done because you've already, that's overcoming in the past. This is how we overcome. This is how you get over the mountain. This is how you move the mountain. This is how when the devil comes against you with sickness, disease, virus, a mess in your marriage, mess in your family, mess on your job. When he comes at you with a mess, you better know how to overcome. How how do you overcome? I overcome because of what the blood has already done, and I am going to get my double-edged sword out of my mouth, and I'm going to speak it. Hallelujah. I'm going to say what the Word says. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word. How much Word is in your testimony? What are you testifying about? What are you talking about? And so then we get this ultimate example, and I don't, didn't want to spend all night on this one because if I get started, we may camp, but if we camp, we camp. Luke chapter 4. Here we, know, we have Jesus. We call this the temptation of Christ. And we know that Jesus was led. I know we don't emphasize this too much, but Jesus was led by the Holy Ghost to deal with the devil. Listen to me. The devil, the God of this world, is roaming here on the earth. He's a defeated foe. But you and I have an enemy, and you and I need to know how to defeat our enemy. And part of defeating our enemy, a great part of it, is confession or using your words to uh, invoke your authority. The devil has no right. The devil has no real power over you and I anymore. His power is deceit, and there's a lot of that going on. His power is trickery. His power is lying. But he has no real authority over you anymore. Because he, even though he's the God of this world, are you grateful that Jesus came back and, and took back the keys? And keys denote what? You have the right to open a door. You have authority. 
over death, over hell. And so I want you to see this. This is how Jesus dealt with the devil. And if this is how Jesus dealt with the devil, this is how you and I, and I know most of you know this, but let's look at this. Uh, Luke chapter four, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the spirit of the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil, being 40 days tempted of the devil, being 40 days, night and day, tempted of the devil. While he's trying to obey God, 40 days and nights, tempted of the devil. All day long, every day, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. Devil, 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 devil. Day and night, day and night, day and night. Devil, 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 devil. What could you do? Well, throw your hands up, call the prayer tower. And then the devil got very pointed. The devil said to him, not just messing with him, now he's starting to talk to him. How dare you talk to the son of God? Well, the devil will talk to anybody who'll listen. And the only way to get rid of him is the way Jesus did. The devil said unto him, if you be the son of God. Oh, first thing, just go right after it. Are you really the son of God? Command this stone that it be made bread. You're hungry, right? 40 days, 40 nights. No fried chicken. No egg McMuffins. Nothing. 40 days, just trying to obey Father God. Trying to obey the leading into the wilderness. See what God has. There's the devil. First thing he says, he goes after him. You see, is this spiritual? It is spiritual, but he goes right to humanity. You got to remember, Jesus is a human being. He's, he's the son of God, but he's also the son of man. He laid aside his deity. He's operating as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. And this is why we can follow his example. And so the devil immediately goes after his flesh. Has the devil ever gone after your flesh? What do you do? Well, I, I've, try, I've tried begging him to leave me alone. Have you ever tried that one? Please just leave me alone. Isn't there anybody else you can go pick on? Just leave me alone. That is like saying sick him to a dog. That's like here's a bone, get, get after me some more. Because the devil has no stop button. Especially if he sees he's got you. But what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? And Jesus answered him. Everybody say, and Jesus answered him. Why why is this so important? Listen to me. Jesus was led in the perfect will of the Father. He was led into, you know, I know there's a lot of people who think, well, if you just do everything right, if you'll just be perfect, if you'll cross all the T's and dot all the I's and definitely pay your tithe, the devil will leave you alone. That's not true. Well, you mean I can do everything right and the devil will still show up? Well, I know that's not good news, but the good news is when he shows up, you have an answer. But listen to me, you've got to answer it. Remember uh, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus was walking around and the disciples were with him and he was hungry. He was what? Same thing, hungry. He was hungry. He was hungry. The creator, the word, you know, people say, well, there wasn't supposed to. Listen to me. He came up to that tree and he was expecting to eat. And what did the Bible say? I love this. In Mark chapter 11, I believe it's verse 14, he said, Jesus answered it. Everybody say, answer it. See, our problem mostly is there's times to pray. 
There's times to pray. There's times to worship. But there are times to say. And don't say, don't pray what you ought to be saying. Well, Lord, Lord, there's a tree with no fruit on it. Fix it. Lord, the devil's bothering me. Jesus, the devil's bothering me. Can you not see the devil's bothering me? When are you going to do anything about that? Well, you know, come on. I know, you know, you all know this. My spiritual father, Brother Hagin, come on. Have you ever read the book? I think it's in the Triumphant Church. I think it's also in the name of Jesus. Remember, he was having an open vision with the Lord. And the de- a demon came in the middle of it. And, and I, I can't do it I'm like he was in person. I wish I could. But he would kind of imitate what the devil was, the demon was doing. And he'd be like, yakety yak, yakety yak. And he said he couldn't hear what Jesus was saying. The head of the church, the risen Savior, was talking to him. A demon came in the middle. And Brother Hagin on the other side and he can't hear what Jesus is saying. And, and he, he, he's like, um, finally, Brother Hagin said, I just got frustrated. And I said, I, I command you to cease in Jesus name. And he said that demon dropped in the middle of this vision and just kind of shook. And then him and the Lord had a little chat. Y'all remember that? And what Brother Hagin's saying, if you don't know him uh, and why I, we admire him so much, why? Because the man is just truthful. Um, he, he doesn't over-spiritualize stuff, but he's just truthful. What did he say? Because the Lord was talking. He's talking to the Lord, and he said, basically, why didn't you do anything about that? And Jesus said, I couldn't. Couldn't. And Brother Hagin said, hold up. Well, I'll use my terminology. I'd be like, hold up. Head of the church, what do you mean you couldn't? You mean you wouldn't? You're just trying to teach me something, Right? I added that part, but Brother Hagin didn't say that. And, and, and so he asked him again. He said, uh, if you didn't do something about that, I couldn't. And Brother Hagin a second time said, I, I'm sure, you know, you're the head of the church and I misheard you. you. You mean you wouldn't? And he said, no, I couldn't. And then Brother Hagin said, I love this. He said, I just can't accept that. He said, you're going to have to give me three scriptures. Now, some people wouldn't be so brave to tell the head of the church, I can't accept that. But the Bible says, let everything be proved by two. And, and you know what? He, he's, and I think Brother Hagin said like this, if I remember right. He said, I've never read anything in the Bible. I don't know that to be in there. And he said, there's a lot of things in there you don't know. How I many you know we're all still growing? Everybody's still growing. And the Lord said, I love this. The Lord said, Brother Hagin said, the Lord smiled at him and said, I'll do you one better. Right? I said, what did he give him? Four or five? Four. And, I'm, and there's more. You understand? I'm saying, I'll do you one, I love that. I'll do you one better. But what did we learn in that? You have to answer it. Everybody say, answer it. How do you answer it? With the word of God. Come on, this ought to excite you. You're believing in the word of God, the two-edged sword coming out of your mouth. You can run away the devil. You, you can move a mountain. Come on, you can speak to, he spoke to a tree. Did he speak to, he also spoke to storms. Did he speak to storms? He, he spoke to bodies. He spoke to, he, he talked to fevers. You believe talking to a virus might work? Do you believe talking to cancer might work? Done in faith, it does. But you see, really somebody can't do that for you. This is grown-up stuff. This is grown-up stuff. This is you and I taking responsibility for our life, realizing Jesus has already sat down. He's finished. 
He doesn't have anything else left to do. Nothing left undone. You mean God's not going to help me? Oh, he helped you already. He helped you. He helped you in every area. He accomplished everything. And then he sat down. Remember, I keep telling you this. I'm going to tell you again with how the Lord taught me because you can get just off. You know, when he asked me, he said, does your faith move me? And I said, sure. Yeah, yeah, I know the answer. I know the answer. My faith really moves you. And what did he say? I don't need your faith to move me. I need your faith to receive from me. In the same word, in the same way, you got to understand the devil is a defeated foe. And when you take the word of God, the double-edged sword at him, he has to obey. This is what Jesus did. Jesus answered. Everybody say, I'm going to answer it. He said, it's written. But see, you can't answer what's written if you don't know what's written. But you got a phone in front of you and you can just Google it and it'll come up. Hallelujah. And if that's where you got to start, start. What does the word of God say about this? It's just right there. Jesus, everybody say, I'll answer it. What are you going to do? He said, I'm not going to live by bread, but I'm going to live by the word of God. The devil took him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I get, all this authority I'm going to give you and the glory of them that has been delivered unto me. That's a true thing. It wouldn't be a temptation if it wasn't wasn't true. It's all been given to me and and whomever I want to, I can give it to. All you got to do now is bow down and just be a Satan worshiper. Woo. That'll, that slaps you around a little bit. We don't like that term. That what you just said? Bow down and worship me. Well, I'm sure the hair on the back of his head stood up. And Jesus answered. You better answer that. Jesus answered. Uh, get behind me, Satan. It's written. You'll, I'm only going to worship the Lord God. And him alone will I serve. In other words, you can't prevent the temptation. You can't prevent what the devil brings. But you have control of the response. You have control of the answer. You have control of the words that come out of your mouth. Well, I just, my life's out of control. God, why are you allowing my life to be out of control? You want to get it back in control? See, you can only control you. If you have little ones, them, but you can't control people and you can't control circumstances. You can't control every war, every earthquake, every famine, every pestilence, every political mess, every problem. All you can make sure is that those things don't ever control you. And they don't have to affect you. But you and I have to speak the word concerning our lives and those that have given us authority. You know, a lot of times people don't understand this. But as a pastor, Pastor Ron and I, as your pastors and the pastoral staff, when someone comes and goes through our next steps and says, you are my pastor, what are you doing? You are giving us authority. I have authority. We have authority in people's lives when it comes to helping them uh, when, they, when they have uh, uh, problems in life. When, when we have that authority that they have submitted that we have that. So I don't have always that kind of authority went to someone who I'm, I'm a teacher they listen to. I'm going to keep on teaching them. I, I'm a person they occasionally like to come and have me lay hands on them. I'll keep laying hands on them. 
But the people that we have the most, that we can help the most, are those who say, you're my pastor, and they submit. Not, not in a, a <laughs> I don't like the other, but just like I submitted myself, I did it. I submit myself to God. When someone does that, there's authority there that is given. Do you understand what I'm saying? But most, mostly that, though, is really most of, of the things you and I deal with, they're in our control with God. Uh, I'm not saying you do it on your own because you can't fix this on your own. It's the word of God. It's the, how are you answering? How are you answering? Notice he answered with scripture and didn't say, um, you, can't, you can't make me, uh, I, I'll not eat that um, uh, 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 bread you turned into stone in my name. Um, 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 go away, Satan. What, he gave word. He said, well, he is the word. Yeah, but you've got the written word. So we have to imitate that. We have to do what he does. So you, in order to be in faith and use your words and your authority, you got to speak the word. you got to say what the word says about it. Are you all, are you all right? And then it says, uh, for it is written. Um, and then he brought him up to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, said to him, verse 9, if you be the son of God, if you be the son of God, if you be the son, who are you? It's a big question today. If you be the son of God, cast yourself down from hence, for it is written, uh-oh, now he's going to say what's written. Now there's a whole lot of this going on today. There's a whole lot of this going on today. Where'd they get that from? They got it from the liar himself. I don't care if you give me chapter and verse, if you misplace it, misuse it, rest it. The devil did it. Let us not, don't be surprised when others try to do it. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to conform you using a scripture plucked out of context, out of a, 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 you know, a, a paraphrase to get you and I to feel guilty to let go of a doctrine. To let go of a great truth that has been in the word and who God is forever. He tried to, well, it's, it's written. He'll give his angels. How many know it is true? Does he give his angels charge over you? Yeah. Keep you in all your, and in your hands, they're going to bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. It is said, you, 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 uh-uh. get that mess up out of here. Come on. Nice try. Misquoting the scripture. Tempting. You want me to tempt God? What, what, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the, de when the devil, what did he do? He left. Woo, glory to God. For how long? I'm, I pray for long seasons. For you. For me. He's seasonal. And sometimes it's a hung. Uh, okay. 
Chenko Tahansi Jehende Esiko. Seasons come, seasons go. One thing remains the same. My word is forever sure. So it doesn't matter what season it is. It doesn't matter how many times he comes, in many ways that he comes. If you'll stand upon my word and speak my word only, it will put your enemy on the run. Amen? Amen. Well, I don't want him to come. Well, I'm sure Jesus wasn't expecting him either. Being fo- he, was, he was just following the Father, following the Holy Ghost out into the wilderness just to hear from God, just to get ready for whatever was coming. I don't know. that he. Ex- I don't know. Did he expect him to show? I don't know, but he did. Well, Pastor, pray that everything get better in the world. What a waste of my time. What a waste of yours. Quit being so concerned about what's going on out there. Be concerned about what's coming out your mouth. What you believe. What I believe. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, tonight's sermon uh, starts uh, with 15 minutes left. Hallelujah. So um, let's look at, (laughs) seriously, Uh, let's look at the third part, my third point of my first sermon. And let's look at that. Let's talk about your words, and we'll just get a good start on this. We'll talk about your words um, because there's confession unto faith. There's a confession of faith. That's two. Number three, there is using your words to walk in authority. And so all these kind of working all together. So, yeah, I'm separating them for teaching's sake, but they all kind of flow together. Okay, so I'm just teaching you separate so you know what the different reasons of confession, of words coming out of your mouth and how important they are. So confession unto faith, confession of faith, using the word of God to invoke your authority to answer the devil, to answer the mountain, to answer the problem, to answer the sickness, to answer whatever the devil throws at you. You've got an answer, and that's you using your authority. Come on, everybody say, I will answer it. How are you going to answer it? With the word of God. Uh, Whatever you bind on earth is already bound. In other words, if it's not happening in heaven and it comes to your house, it comes to your life, what do you do? I bind it. Right? Well, if it's going, and if it's not happening in your life and it's happening in heaven, what do I do? I loose it. I loose it. I, I, I loose it. Matthew 18, 18, 18, 19. In there, that's what Jesus said to do, all right? And so then this next one, though, just um, talking, just our words, how important they are. So let's look at, let's get started here. Let's look at James chapter 3. I love it when we're in my living room. Everything flows really good here in my living room. James chapter 3. Y'all good? Hallelujah. This is helping us. Is it helping you? It's reminded me of a lot of things. How many know there's always more to learn? There's always more to remind yourself of. So in James chapter 3, James chapter 3, we'll start at verse, um, um, well, verse 1 is always fun. It's talking to teachers. Uh, it talks about us receiving greater condemnation. That's just pleasant. Hallelujah. Uh, but verse 2 says, For in many things we offend all, any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect or mature man, and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Notice the whole body is what is being talked about here. 
So it's talking about um, bridal. So, so he starts out spiritual. He starts out with us. Uh, offend not in word is able to bridle his whole body. So he's talking about us. And he says, just like if you put a bit in a horse's mouth. Anybody ever ride a horse? Anybody ever? See? So this is this, this uh, metal thing. Um, um, I, I used to have a pony. And then my uh, cousin, who was really, he's my uncle, but he's my cousin, uh, Davey, he had horses. And they had this, um, this bit that went in between the, it was mean, uh, but in between the, and, and, and so you pull the reins and that bit in the horse's mouth did what? Made it go to the right or the left. I like those little horses that could be rein trained. In other words, you just flip the rein on the right and they know to go right. That means they've been through bit training and now they have advanced to, I don't need that anymore. But here, it's not talking about that so much. It's just, from my, just a little childhood memory. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth and they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Everybody say whole body. In other words, everything in the horse is under control by the mouth. Just by the mouth, you can control a horse's whole body. Behold also a ship. So... Bass boat to a luxury liner. Doesn't matter the size of the ship. From a bass boat to a luxury liner, behold the ships, which though they be so great, are driven by fierce wind, yet when they're turned, they're turned by a very small helm, the rudder, whether the governor lists. Even so, 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 so he's saying, you and I can with the words of our mouth, the word of God, control our whole body. No, you don't understand. You can control your whole body. You can control your whole body. This is God, the Holy Ghost, through James saying, if you would understand words, if you would understand their importance, you would understand that through the word of God that comes out of your mouth, you can control your whole body. If you feel something's out of control, then I'm going to say to you and me, if I ever feel something's out of the control, I've not got enough word coming out of my mouth on a regular basis. And this is not a confession unto faith. This is not a confession of faith. This is just realizing that the words that come out of my mouth all day long, every day, are charting my life. That's what it says. It says, even so, the tongue is a little member. And boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. Now, what, what does that mean? So I want you to think about, we don't want these to happen. And thank God they don't happen much around here. But they happen a lot in our nation. You know, all these fires that are burning. Sometimes a lightning strike will come. But how many know sometimes it's a single match or a lighter that can destroy thousands and tens of thousands of acres? What did it? One match. And the Bible is comparing it to that and say your tongue is like a fire in a negative way. And in a negative way, if that little member can kindle this fire, but, so, but you could also say this way, flipping it around and there's nothing wrong doing with it. If I can get control of my tongue, come on, if I can get control of my tongue, if I can get control of my words, then it can change. I mean, come on. If it can, in a negative way, cause a forest fire, then in a positive way, it can change me and the people around me. Amen. And the tongue is a fire, world of victory. So the tongue among our members that defiled the whole body and sets a fire, of course, of nature, and it sets, it's set on fire of hell. All right. But so that's the negative way. And people don't understand because, you know, you start saying help to people. Your words are important. 
Why are they important? Well, the Bible lays this out clearly. So this is another kind of speaking. This is another kind of, uh, of confession, if you will. And so it's not a confession unto faith. It's not a confession of faith. It's not using your authority. It's just living life. It's just living life. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't, I don't, want, I, I don't want to live this way. I don't want my words to mean anything. Why can't we just be normal people? Why do we have to be concerned about our words? Why don't we just talk? Well, because God didn't set it up that way. And you can complain about it or get in the program. Praise the Lord. Well, do you... You mean I can't be funny anymore? I can't say... You know, there's different people, different places. Um, you know, when someone says something, it's like, well, that's killing me. You know, or, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, aren't you, because if you've ever said anything, how many know you didn't drop dead? You're just killing me right now. You know, I mean, you know, maybe we should be grateful. <laughs> There is a believing in the heart. You have to believe these things, right, for them to come to pass. You have to believe them. So there's that. How can you tell what you believe? Well, we'll get to it later, but out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth does what? Speaks. So if you got stuff coming out your mouth that you don't like, what should you change? Well, it's what's in your heart. And you can start by changing things in your mouth. <laughs> Which is it first, the chicken or the egg? We already discussed it. And so, but, but, but what do I change first? Well, you can change, but out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So this is daily living. Are you with me? This is daily living. This is you training your tongue like uh, a cowboy would train his quarter horse. To stop on a dime. To back up. Have you ever seen them? That's so cool. To be going like 100 miles an hour and stopping its tracks. It's cool. It's you, you and I getting to the place where we understand this is my life. And if I want it to go where God wants it to go, I've got to get a hold of my rudder. And this rudder of mine, oh, if you get a revelation of this, nobody can stop you. No. No company. No group of people. Whether they like you, whether they don't like you, whether they don't like your looks, or they like your looks. Whether they think you're fabulous or they think you're not fabulous. Your words that are the word of God will chart a course for you. Bring you the favor of God. Bring you the, 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 the touch of God on your life. Where God will open doors for you that no man could even dare begin to close. It's, it, see, because, because it's what you believe. It's what you say. It, and, and what you say about yourself. Now, I'm going to say something. I'm going to throw something in. And not just the words that come out of your mouth, but this is also, remember, this works both ways. The woman with the issue of blood. Y'all remember her? 
Now, we're talking about confession of faith, but the principle is the same. Remember, what did she say? What did the woman say? She said within herself. In other words, she wasn't going out loud. Peter and James and John did not hear her. She said within herself. She's, and, and that was good enough to receive from the Lord. Now, do I believe in you ought to speak out your mouth? You ought to. But really, before it comes out your mouth, you really are talking to yourself. This goes back to a little bit of meditation. But listen to me, your self-talk. Are you talking with the devil? Are you talking, you know, what are you saying inside of you that nobody else is hearing? What are you saying about yourself? I can tell you some things I used to say about myself to try to motivate me. I think I brought it up Sunday morning. I used to be, I used to do this all the time. I don't know why I did it, but it really messed me up. I I tried so hard to negatively motivate myself into being the best. I I was so hard on me. So hard on me. Nobody else needed to be hard on me. I was hard enough on myself for everybody. A lot of negative self-talk ended up causing me um, physical problems when I was like 14 years old. Um, you know, so I know it, but you can turn that around because even if you got negative self, you know what? When I do that now, I, I have to answer it. I answer myself. Uh-uh. That's not who you are. That's not right about you. This is what's right. I can change my self-talk. <laughs> so, man, you got a lot going on in there. So do you. So do you. We all do. Hey, aren't you glad there are no machines that when you're thinking something, it pops up up, up there? This goes into meditation thought. People say, well, I just can't control what I think. I bet you could. I bet you could. I'll bet you. I sold that from Marty Blackwelder. We were up in Terre Haute and he said that. I never thought about that. But if they, you know, they're making, if they make those machines, they can tell, you know, like type up what your thoughts are in the screen for everybody to see. I'll bet you could control it. Like some of your thoughts right now. Is he going to get done on time or not? No. No. Self-talk. And so that's part of it. But if you, why is this so important? Let me give you just a couple scriptures since we're not, we're just getting started good. Um, you know these, but let's look at Proverbs 6.2. Proverbs 6.2. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Proverbs 6.2. Uh, everybody in the room say, um, God has not given me a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. You, um, Say that over yourself. Speak that. Self-talk that. Proverbs 6, familiar scripture, verse 2. Thou art snared with the words of your mouth. You are taken with the words of your mouth. And so I look at this as what we're talking about. This is the James 3 thing. I don't look at this as um, so much as meditating, confession unto faith. I don't look at this so much as confession of faith. I don't look at this as um, using your authority. I look at this as the daily words that I speak. 
you are, what does it say? You are snared with the words of your mouth. You are taken. So we could reverse that and say, we are let free. We are, we, we are not held in captive because of the words of our mouth. We, 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 are, we are free. Hallelujah. How? By the word. If you can be taken by the words of your mouth, you can be loosed by the words of your mouth. Amen. Glory to God. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 10. We'll just mosey through Proverbs a little bit. Proverbs chapter 10. Is it verse, what do I want? 11? Yeah. Proverbs 10, 11. The mouth of the righteous. Now, who's righteous in here? Are you righteous? So the mouth of the righteous man is a well of life. Come on, is a well of life. The mouth of a righteous man is the well. Come on, you want life? You start talking about life. My God abundantly supplies for me. I am blessed coming in and blessed going out. I am always the head and never the tail. I always win. Look at this. Doesn't look like I'm going to win, but I always win because he causes me to triumph. This is the victory. I'm just going to talk. I'm not... I, I'm, I'm saying what God says about me, and I can get stirred up when I say it, but just, you know, something comes up, just you answering, uh, just you speaking what the Word of God says about you. Just, you know, the mouth of the righteous man is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked, and that's true too. And let's look at Proverbs, uh, let's go to 12. Let's mosey through here. Proverbs chapter 12, y'all good? Take a few more. Proverbs 12. Oh, that looks like a long one. Proverbs, let's see. Proverbs 12, uh, 6. The words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood. But the mouth of the upright. Come on, are you upright? Are you righteous? What are your words going to do that are the word of God? They're going to deliver you. Come on, they're going to deliver you. They're going to deliver. I'm just, I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm just talking, but I'm just talking the word. When I'm just talking the word, my words, which is the word of God, it's just going to deliver me. It's just going to deliver me. It's going to deliver me. The words of the upright, come on, is going to deliver him. Hallelujah. So if I just say what God says about it, it's not like I have to get into this. No, it's just. What I believe, it's just what the Bible says. It's, I'm just going to say what God says about it. And what will it do? The words of the upright, the word of God will deliver you. Hallelujah. Where are we? Proverbs 12. Let's look at um, 13. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man, verse 14, shall be satisfied with the good by the fruit of his mouth. And the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. Okay. Oh, let's keep going. I'm having a lot of fun. All right. Uh, 15. 15. We'll stop at the end of Proverbs. What do we got? About 30 more to go. Here we go. Proverbs 15, verse number 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Notice life. Deliverance. Getting out of the mess, but perverse therein is a breach in the spirit. All right? Um, 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 18. Proverbs 18. How many know the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom? What's it telling you? Our, our, our words, our mouth. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied, how? By the fruit of his mouth. 
and with the increase of his oh, with the increase of his lips shall shall he be filled. Now you all know this one. Come on, you've been around a minute. You know this one. Death and life are in the power of the, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if you love words, all right. So most of you know this, and you've heard of this guy. Uh, he's in heaven right now. But um, one of the best books I ever wrote on this, and I found an old copy that I had, or Pastor Rhonda had, one of us had. When a book is yellow, you know it has been around. And the price of this book was $1.95. This would be a, like a $12, $15 book today. Anybody ever heard of Charles Capps? Some of you have. Um, we don't have this in our uh, bookstore because every time we put it in there, it sells out. Now, not this one. I can't get you a $1.95 book. You can go on Amazon. This is called The Tongue, A Creative Force. Charles Capps has one of the greatest revelations on your words. And it's so easy to understand. Uh, but they, in his family, I think, I don't know if it was before he went to heaven or, or um, but um, there's a leather one that we carry. Uh, it's a, what's it, it's called, um, it's the gift collection. And I know my sister got me one and I wear that thing out and it's cool cause it's leather. And so if you want one, they're good Christmas gifts, but you should gift yourself. If you don't have one of those, if you don't have one of these, if you don't have one of those books, you should gift yourself. I think you can sign up for it at the bookstore tonight, and that way we know how many to order. We keep them around, but every time we get them in, we sell them out. Because there is something very powerful, and we all, we, listen, why is that? Because we all, especially around here, we all know that our words are important. Again, listen to me. I don't want you doing this. I don't want you like, oh, gosh, my words, dear me. I don't ever do anything right. You know, I, well, that's wrong self-talk. Jeez, I can't ever get this right. No, you just start where you're at. Just keep putting the word in there. If you don't like something that comes out of your mouth, don't fall on the floor in a puddle. Don't throw your hands up and say, this is too hard. Just be like, well, that wasn't right. Or, I've done this many times. I don't really believe that. I don't go through this great repentance. I just said, Lord, I don't really believe that. What do I do? I just enforce my crop failure. Hallelujah. Just don't let it go by. I don't really believe that. This is what I believe. What do you do? Just replace it. Because... Yeah, because some of those things that come out of your mouth on a regular basis, this is getting ahead, but the Holy Ghost wants to get ahead, are strongholds. And strongholds don't immediately go away. What is a stronghold? It's a pattern of thinking, and therefore it's a pattern of saying, therefore it's a pattern of having. That's why some people who've been delivered from alcohol, Drugs, gambling, addictions. You can even get instantly delivered by the anointing. But, in, but, but you've got to change. There's a stronghold a lot of times that goes with that. And you've got to change the pattern of thinking. And how do you do that? Casting down every imagination. Taking captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge. How do you do that? How do you replace a thought? You replace it with words. Sometimes you don't even have to do it out loud, but internal words. 
What, what do you got to do? Because if you, if you let that thought keep going, it stays a stronghold. But you can get rid of it. Well, how long will it take? Well, how long did it take you to get it? Well, I just want to be delivered right now. Pastor Mark, have a laying on of hands for stronghold removal. No, it doesn't work that way. I believe in laying on hands as much as anybody in this room. But the laying on of hands is not the answer for everything. But this... So you got a pattern of thinking? Change it. Well, that's just the way I am. That's the way you used to be. That's BC. Amen? Before Christ. Right? Well, is it easy? Well, everything's not easy. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. But if, we're, if we do it, we're going to walk in victory. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.